And in our study of Jeremiah, you would recall, you recall that we, in the 25 chapters, God has laid out the whole movement uh, leading to the destruction of Jerusalem and to the judgment of the nations, which is what Jeremiah's assignment was. When we come to chapter 26, we begin a God fills in different things that help you understand what has happened, what had happened, and how it happened, and why it happened. So, and when we came to chapter 20, 26, Jeremiah, as we shared together, it's a repeat, not a repeat, but a reference to Jeremiah chapter 7 about the temple, and the Jewish people were counting on the temple, uh, that God, Solomon's temple, they were counting on that no one anywhere could ever get them because of that temple. And the temple was sacred, invincible. And uh, that is not true, but that's what they thought. And God gave the judgment, Gen uh, Jeremiah chapter 7, uh, the temple, the temple was going to go just like in Shiloh. Now, having said that, here we are reading a the fill-in of pieces. Now, this is a time of Jehoiakim, the king. He's a bad king. Jehoahaz is just a little guy for three months. And uh, Pharaoh Necho replaces him with, Jer with a Jehoiakim. And Jehoiakim stays there for 11 years. He's a bad king. Now, so, so therefore, now God, what are you going to help us with to fill in a piece? Well, I'm going to help you understand what. Jeremiah had a tough row, tough journey. And it started right off, not under the days of Josiah, which was a good king, uh, but thereafter. And Jeremiah was uh, uh, ministered all the way through to the end, even afterwards in 586. Now, so having said that, here's chapter 26, and we share together that it is dealing with Genesis, uh, Jeremiah chapter 7, and Jeremiah chapter 26 is filling in the, the pieces. Now, what are the pieces? Well, they have to do, they have to do that Jeremiah was God's servant. He was very faithful, and uh, you're going to ask the question, well, in the light of, what are we supposed to understand and learn? Well, we need to understand that Jeremiah was kept. Jeremiah had a, an assignment we shared in chapter 1, and 17, 18, and 19, that God would protect him to the uttermost, and that he would fulfill his journey. Now, here's a piece being filled in, chapter 26, that at the beginning, with Jehoiakim, the, the king, he fills, stands in order, and Jeremiah, uh, God is going to protect him, and Jeremiah is going to be able to fulfill his assignment, and he's going to learn. Now, Jeremiah is going to be educated, as we read through 25 chapters, and Jeremiah is going to be educated. And by how? What is the best education there is? And the best education there is, is experience. Experience. 
And when you get experience and it educates you, it helps you to get educated very quickly because you keep absorbing, because experience has brought a message to you. And you say, boy, and we tell people, you tell people, I do, you know. We, we're a little older than a young person, perhaps, and we're able to say, listen, I can tell you how not to do a lot of things. I know how to do a lot of things that don't do. I can tell you what not to do, if you want to listen. Don't do thus and thus, because it won't work. And we've proved that by experience, and we get educated. So, here's Jeremiah's education taking place in a most wonderful, wonderful way. And Jeremiah is experiencing being a delivering God's word to the people in, the, in a world situation where the world system is totally against God, uh, has, opposes God, and uh, hates God, hates light, darkness does. So Jeremiah, you have to live in that now. You can say, well, like that, but then you've got to go and discover it. Uh, you and I have an old nature, and we discover in due season as we learn, as we get, go along the journey, we discover that uh, all the confidence we could have and going to have everything, and boy, it, it evaporates, rightly so, uh, because uh, we really can't have that confidence. And what we think we're sure of and understand, we realize maybe we really don't. And maybe we really don't have control. Uh, you and I, and we shared that a hundred times, you and I have a heart beating, more or less, most of us, <laughs> uh, going, and uh, you don't control it, you don't do a thing about it. It just beats. You don't tell it to beat. You don't tell the oxygen and transfer oxygen and all of that. You don't tell that to happen. It just happens. And we aren't in control. That's our own body, let alone anyone else. We just aren't even in control on the inside. Now God is there to help us. Now hang on. Let me get a little quicker now. In the light of all of that, so there's no Shiloh. There's no Shiloh, and that's what they were looking for. They were looking for, not that they were looking for that God had warned them, Shiloh, which was the tabernacle in the center of the land of Palestine, was down by the Philistines and in the days of Samuel and that. And uh, God, and if you want to see where, Sam, where the tabernacle was all those years, uh, it isn't there. It's just nothing there. And God told them that the temple in Jerusalem is going to be just like Shiloh. It's going to disappear. And there's going to be nothing left. Now, so having said that and keeping that in mind, if you would, so there is no Shiloh, but they don't believe that. They don't even want to consider that the temple could disappear. They don't want to think that things about them, job, home, work, school, health, wealth, that those things won't disappear, but they will. Uh, but but with the, nothing's going to touch them because they're mine, and they're part of my life, and I've given myself to them, I'm trusting them. And so we go down the corridor of time, and they, so they had no Shiloh. It speaks very loudly of what they aren't listening. Chapter 26 and verse 9. 
Why hast thou prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, This house shall be like Shiloh, and this city shall be desolate without an inhabitant? And all the people were gathered together against Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. And they're in the temple, and they're all piled up around there. And they're all after Jeremiah, and they're yelling at Jeremiah, in essence, uh, that he is saying that the temple is going to go just like Shiloh, and that Jerusalem's going to go. And they just, they just didn't, the crowd wasn't happy with that, uh, not at all. So no Shiloh, and, and, uh, but, but they, they didn't want to receive that. They didn't even want to think about that. And therefore, when you come to chapter 26, verse 3, If so be, they will hearken and turn every man from his evil way, that I may repent me of the evil which I purpose to do unto them, because of the evil of their doing. So God is going to judge them, and he's going to repent. And when you think of that word, uh, a, 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 an illustration that might help you. Just think of a thermometer and a little drop of mercury in it. And the drop of mercury, drop of mercury goes down to 30 below in this thermometer. And it goes down a little. But then it goes up to 110 and all red. Wow. Wow. Little drop, same drop. What's it doing? It's responding, it's reacting to the temperature. God said, listen, when you, you'll pick it up in just a second. When you do right, you'll find me good. You'll find me there. When you go in the wrong direction, you won't find me. And therefore, verse 13. Therefore now, amend, remember we shared that, that was in Jeremiah chapter 7. Amend your ways, make well, turn them around, make them, approve them, change them, repent your ways and your doings, and obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will repent, there's your little verb again, him of the evil that he hath pronounced against you. So, here we are looking, and uh, they, all the, and they were told, but uh, yeah, this is back, this is there, and by the way, this is during the time of Jehoiakim. This is the, he's the beginning of his ministry. And Jeremiah is there. So this whole 26th chapter is dealing with the beginning, way back here under Jehoiakim. And that's what's happening. Now, that's important because Jeremiah started out on his journey, and he had to find out that it wasn't going to be a picnic and that's what he finds out at the beginning of his journey. Hang on. Now, so in the light of that, and in chapter, as we shared, and they needed to repent. Jeremiah uh, chapter 18, just to look at it, see it. Jeremiah and chapter 18, and you'll pick up in verse 8. That will help you with the word repent. Chapter 18, verse 8, Jeremiah. And if that nation against whom, I, verse 8, I have pronounced, turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom 
to build and to plant it. If it do evil, it has a great future, but if it doesn't want to have it, if it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, obey, obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. Now therefore go to and speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you, and and and, uh, and devise a device against you. Return ye now every one from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good, like the word Amen. Uh, amen. Now, now, having said that, I'm, I'm, it's up to you. Are you going to be hot or cold? Are you going to go and do change and do it like Nineveh in the days of jo- uh, Jane, Jonah? Uh, they had 150 years because uh, they, they didn't get saved. They just changed. They just were willing. They understood. And they changed. So any nation, and that's Israel included, because that's where God can make it again, you know, that whole context. And God can make it again, even though it's marred. Now, nations, are you listening? Is anyone listening? Remember they said there's no, nothing's going to happen to like Shiloh. No, that was something else. That is in our history. They have another no, verse 12. And they said, there is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices, and we will every one do the imagination of his evil heart. We have no hope, no hope. But we're going to keep doing what we're doing the way we do it. <laughs> we're just going to keep going. But, but you, there's no anticipation of future benefit. No. You know that. We just won't accept the fact that the temple could be down like Shiloh. And we will not, even though we have no expectation of a, a solid future. We don't have that assurance. But... We're going to keep going anyway. Doing what we do the way we do it. Now, hang on to that, if you would. So that's the world. That's the world at that time, and it's on time too. Now, chapter 26 and in verse 7. Chapter 26 and in verse 7. And you will notice, please, so the priest and the prophet, prophets and the people Uh, heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the house of the Lord, the temple. Now it came to pass when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak unto all the people that, having that, what happened? The priest and the prophet and all the people took him, saying, Surely thou shalt surely die. That's the beginning of his ministry. (laughs) <laughs> and he did his first assignment and lo and behold they're going to kill him that's what they're going to do and it isn't just a couple of people it's the whole crowd the whole crowd's moving now they're going to go and kill him so he's surely going to and by the way in verse uh, in verse uh, verse 7 there uh, verse, verse 8 I should say you see where it says thou shalt surely die 
that in the in the verbs, the Hebrew, there's two verbs of the same kind. It's an absolute. It means what? It means die. You're going to die, surely. And then you underline certain. It's with certainty. It's with intensity. You are going to die, like that. You are surely going to die, just like that. Intense. So they aren't saying it calmly. They are saying it. Now, having said that, and keeping that in front, if you would, verse 9. And we did verse 9 for the moment, sliding along. And, and so they, they're going to go, and they rejected and uh, reacted uh, to Jeremiah, and they have sentenced him to death. And they wanted his death. They wanted his death, the prophet, priest, and the people. And, and they considered him guilty, and uh, they know, and they know of their followers. That means here's the priest and the prophet and the leaders. What do they know? Well, they know that the followers are going to follow. Now, over to, hang on, you know that. What about, here's the false prophets, here's the priest, here's the leadership, bad king, and here they are doing what they do. Now, in the light of that, in the light of that, over, if you would, in, oh, uh, what was I going to say? In chapter 5. And you would recall the people's connection to the priests and prophets. And you remember, chapter 5, verse 31, the prophets prophesied falsely, and the priest bear rule, that is, they bear the rule, they bear rule by their means, that means they how they handle things with hand in hand and what they did with the prophets. And my people, verse 31, love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof when all of you love the same dumb thing you're doing? How do you expect to get anything out of this when the whole bunch of you are following the same, down the same course? And following, that's what happens to countries. They follow, and we got a lot of volatility in our world at the moment, to say the least. Now, and all of that is going to be worked out in a wonderful way. Now, having said that little bit and keeping that in mind, so Jeremiah, Jeremiah is going to now go and uh, tell us that uh, in chapter, well, in chapter, well, stop, verse 11. And then the priest and the prophets and the princes and all the people saying, this man is worthy to die, and he hath prophesied against this city, as ye have heard with your ears. Then Jeremiah speaks in his trial, as it were, he gives a, def- a defense, then spake Jeremiah unto all the prince, all the princes, and to all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house, temple, against this city, Jerusalem, and all the words that you have heard. All I, all I did is deliver, like a delivery boy, as a, as a messenger, as a herald. I brought the message just like God had told me, and I delivered it to you with, with, uh, with great, uh, with, with uh, full, full heart, full heart in all that I did. Now, verse 12. And the Lord, well, sliding down now. Verse 13. Therefore, 
now amend your ways, etc., etc. Verse 14, we read verse, verse 14. Now, Jeremiah, here's his witness, here's his trial, he's giving witness, and he tells them he's going to, he's honored God, so if you've got anything, you'll have to go to God. If you don't like what you hear, you don't like what you see, tell God. Don't tell me, Jeremiah says. The problem you've got with it is God. That's where the message came from. You don't like what it says? Tell God. Have you done that? Say, I don't like that. Well, there it is. Read it. Now tell God. I'll sit here and listen. Tell God you don't like it. Tell God you don't like it. You can tell him. You know, you may not die, but go ahead. (laughs) Tell him. Now, so, verse 14. As for me, Jeremiah said, Behold, I am in your hand to do with me as seemeth good and meet or fit unto you. You have me, I have no control to change anything. You want to kill me? Kill me. I told you, I didn't do a thing wrong, I'm innocent, I didn't do a thing wrong. Now, if you want to kill me, go ahead. Uh, It isn't a concern to me. Isn't that good? It's not a concern to me about whether you kill me or not. Now, hang on to that. And remember, if you would, so that's very important to understand that kill me or not, because that's his thinking. And it isn't a question. Here, when you get saved, to know the Lord as your Savior, you're on planet Earth, you're here. And God has done and is doing a wonderful thing inside the heart and making you his own and giving you a relationship to him if if you're prayerfully abiding and growing, it's going to show up. It doesn't mean you're standing on a mountaintop speaking. It just means you're changing. You're changing in your words, your thoughts, your deeds, and what you do, how you do things, how you think, and you keep changing. And you're different. And that God is bearing his wonderful work in your life, and that's showing up. It may not show up quickly, but it shows up down the corridor of time. Uh, you want like you used to be, and, and some of you that are saved, uh, you're able to say, aren't you? I'm not like I used to be. I'm not like I used to be. Now, that doesn't mean you got everything perfect. It just means, I know I, I'm not, I, I'm, I don't think the same, I don't talk the same, I don't live the same, I don't think, whatever, I, I'm changed. So there's a testimony. Uh-huh. And God is doing that in a most wonderful way. And, and the real, real, that's my relationship to God is the real issue. And I want to enjoy the outworking of that relationship. Hang on to that. That's the whole point. So living and dying and all the things around you, that isn't really the issue. The issue is you're looking to exercise your relationship to God properly. And as you do that, Jeremiah said, listen, it isn't an issue of whether you kill me or not. It's up to you. Do whatever you want. I don't have any way to stop it at all. Now, and you'll remember, won't you, in the process, do you remember the three dear uh, friends of Daniel in the fiery furnace? And in the fiery furnace in Daniel chapter 3? And do you remember what they did? Do you know how they lived? And, and they were all alone. 
because I don't read anyone else standing up at the image when the image in the plain of Dura, the idol, big big image, remember Daniel 2 and 31, the big image of a man, human actually, and in the big image. And uh, the only ones I read that were bowed down, um, that weren't bowed down, are those three. You don't read any fourth one. And Daniel probably wasn't there because he said, I'm not going to your dumb image. <laughs> and he didn't. <laughs> he didn't have to go. He had his, he had his, he had his testimony. He, he had oomph, and so he just didn't do it for whatever reason. Now, here's the three then, and you know what they said? And, and I'll, I'll, let me turn over there, and I'll read it to you, just so you can see it. Uh, you know, it, it's a wonderful thing, actually. Wonderful thing, because we're trying to exercise it. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 17. Uh, verse 16. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If so be, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will, he will deliver us out of the, thine hand, O king. But if not, it doesn't matter. If not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And, and, and God did a wonderful thing. And he, they threw him into the furnace, and they came out of the furnace, and not a hair of this body was singed. That's interesting. Yes, nothing was singed. How could it be in such a hot where they die? Just to get near the furnace, they died. It was that hot. Now, so here's the Daniel, and then Daniel in the lion's den. You could don't have to do that. And Daniel, the God, you took care. That's right. Now, are you going to protect Jeremiah? Jeremiah is about to get killed. And uh, so he's about to get killed, and he, he isn't, it isn't an issue to him whether he gets killed or not. He's doing the job, and he's going to do the job and trust God faithfully to the end. And so the three, three friends of Daniel did it, and Daniel did it, and there's no question. So now, and the Apostle Paul's going to say it without turning there, that he's going to Jerusalem, and they're going to have, then when you go to Jerusalem, they're going to punish you and get you. And Paul says, listen, it doesn't matter. The Spirit of God said, go to Jerusalem. And I'm going to Jerusalem. And it doesn't matter whether they kill me or not. It isn't a concern to me. I just want to fulfill what God has asked me to do. And when God asks me to do something, I'm going to do it. And when I do what God asks me to do, it always happens. God always gets done what he wants done. Hang on to that. Now, and you know, you know in the light of all of that, but then you want to remember the other side of the coin. We'll pick up in a minute here. The other side of the coin. Our Lord, in the wonderful will of God, from the foundation of the world, went to the cross. And he said, not my will, but thy will be done. And he wasn't spared. He went and he was crucified. He was crucified. The crowd hated him. They yelled, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then the next day, crucify him, crucify him. 
<laughs> we have no king but Caesar, etc., etc. And Pontius Pilate, what are you going to say? Uh, remember, and remember, uh, the Jeremiah is saying, "Listen, I'm innocent, but, but they're going to do it anyway." But our Lord, our Lord, what did Pontius Pilate say? This man is innocent. And he what? He washed his hands. He said, I don't, nothing to do with this. This this man is innocent and you're going to crucify him. And remember later, they're going to yell, aren't they? Because the Jewish people are going to yell. Why are you bringing up Christ, Christ risen from the grave and all of that? You're bringing his blood back upon us because they knew. His, remember they said it. His blood be upon our whom? Our children. His blood be upon our children. Wow. And, and boy, they knew that. And so they didn't want to hear that, that he had risen, because that's an awful thought. Wow. Now, having said that and keeping that in mind, so here we are looking, God, and Jeremiah is innocent, but he's willing to die. It isn't an issue. And we don't want to make it an issue. You want God's will for your life, whether thick or thin, easy or hard. Whatever it is, that's what you want. Hang on to that. And God, God, you're going to have to do it. And he will do it. And but, 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 sometime, sometime people, God has a, a way out for people to keep on. And other times, God doesn't. Our Lord, it was his time to die. And so now, Jeremiah, is it your time to die? No, not yet. You're just starting your ministry. And God had a man raised, they had men raised up, and they went in, in uh, verse 15, 16, 17. And in the process, they stood up and said, hey, then they remembered the Bible, some of them, and they remembered Micah, 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 if you would, and here's Hosea. Uh, if you just think of a line, use this line here. Here's the timeline, Hosea. And then Hosea, and we have Isaiah, the timeline. And above him, we have Micah, all three on the same time to the peop- to, to in the days of Josiah, etc. All three at the same time. Now, what about them? Well, Micah, what did Micah do? Micah, hang on. Uh, well, you can't even do that for time's sake. In Micah chapter 3, verse 12, what did, what did Micah tell you? Micah prophesied the city and the temple would be destroyed. But you know what? They didn't, they didn't go and kill him. And he said the same thing. He said the same thing, but they didn't go and kill him. Not at all. So in the process, in the process of all of that, so they have not doing that to, to, uh, to uh, Micah. They didn't do it. And, and Jehoiakim, Jeho- why not? And remember now, well, oh, well you've got to go a little further faster. Uh, in, over in chapter... Uh, chapter 26, and picking up if I can, here's Uriah. Now, here's Micah, here's, here's two prophets, 
they bring up in their history, their history, they're looking at history, the men that understand history, the men that have a little bit of going for them up in their head. And they say, listen, we ought to learn something from history. And Micah, Micah did the same things Jeremiah did, and we didn't kill him. We didn't kill him. And now his Jehoiakim chomping at the bed to get him. And they stood their ground. They stood their ground and they give the information to all the crowd. And the crowd was calmed down. And the crowd calmed down and collected themselves. And they backed off from their hostility and their charge to get Jeremiah. And they backed off. And, and, uh, and in the process, because God gave the illustration by way of the, le- the prince's leaders, and he gave the illustration about Micah. Why didn't they kill Micah? And we ought to learn something. Maybe we ought to listen to Jeremiah. And then you slide down to the next guy. The next guy, and remember Hezekiah didn't kill him. That's the whole point in the days of Hezekiah. He didn't do that. So now when you come to the next one, over if you would, in verse 20. And the other illustration they gave, there was also a man that prophesied in the name of the Lord Uriah, the son of Shemamiah, and and Kirjath Jearim, that's about eight miles west west of uh, Jerusalem. And uh, he prophesied against the city. And you know what? He wasn't like Micah. Micah hung right in there at that point. And Jeremiah is going to hang right in there. He isn't going to run. And the verse, who prophesied against this city, verse 20, against the, this land, according to all the words of Jeremiah. And when Jehoiakim, the king, with all his mighty men and all his princes, heard his words, the king sought to put him to death. This is Uriah. But when Uriah heard it, he was afraid. He was afraid. He wasn't. And fled and went into Egypt. He ran. He ran Egypt. And Egypt, Pharaoh was the one that put Jehoiakim in power. So they, they had a, a well, a well relationship between them. And therefore, Jehoiakim sent men down to get Uriah. And they brought Uriah back. Now, and in the light of that, uh, in verse 22, And Jehoiakim the king sent men into Egypt, namely, etc., verse 50-23, And they fetched forth Uriah out of Egypt, and brought him into unto Jehoiakim, the king who slew him with a sword, and cast his dead body into the graves of the common people. Jehoiakim hated light. He loved darkness. He hated the message of Jeremiah. That's the point. He hated him. But he couldn't kill him. He couldn't get him. He couldn't get him. And one of the men that was in the days of Josiah, in the picking up verse, verse 24, one of the men stood up. Royalty had power, had history behind him. And, and he stood by Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was able to be exited out of the crowd and was spared. Uriah was killed. Now, God, you know that. 
Uriah brought the same message. Micah brought the same message. But Uriah didn't make it. He ran. And where are you going to run in the world? Where are you going to run away from your old nature? What closet do you want to go and hide in from your old nature? There is nowhere to go. Thank you, God. I don't have to run anywhere. Neither do you. Now, having said that little bit and keeping that in mind, so God, you keep what you do, and you do what you do in a most wonderful way, and you do it in such a way that you honor yourself, and, the, and you're going to take care of us. So, God, if we were going to stay, God, you give us a wonderful life to bear testimony. We aren't a prophet like Jeremiah. We aren't like them. But we have an assignment which is more awesome and uh, overall encompassing in your relationship to God that Jeremiah never had. You have, potentially, right now, if you exercise it, if you're saved, a relationship to God that he did not have. You have the awesome life, full life, full commitment of Christ. That's why God, you have to be saved, you have to stay saved. That's all there is to it. That's all. God bought you with a price. Now, having said that a little bit, over if you would please to keep that in mind, God. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to go and do two things. To remind ourselves, A, over to Isaiah chapter 8. We shared that last time or so. And reminding you in chapter 8. Remember, Uriah was afraid, and he ran. He didn't need to run. He needed to trust God, and he would have been fine. God could have him die, that's true, but it would be in God's time, in God's will. So here, Isaiah chapter 8, they were afraid in the days of Isaiah, and the Assyrians, you know, they were looking to have the Assyrians help them from the, uh, the ten tribes in the north in Syria and all of that. And they were going to do that. And they were afraid, 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 afraid. And, and uh, Jeremiah and the believing remnant was told, don't be afraid. Why so? Verse 13, how am I going to not be afraid? Sanctify, set apart as holy, the Lord of hosts, where? Himself. And let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And if you're going to be afraid of anything, be afraid of God. If you're going to fear and tremble and quake, let it be before God. That's what to do. And all the rest of the fears disappear. And all the rest of it disappears. He will be your sanctuary. He will be your temple. And we shared all that you know. Not only will he be to them a temple, you are the what? You are the temple, aren't you? How can you be saved and not be the temple? I said, I didn't know it was a temple. Well, go take another look in the mirror.
your temple. You're his temple. And that's why it's safe. No matter what, no matter who, no matter when, no matter where. And therefore, keep going right there. And verse 14, and he shall be for a sanctuary. He shall be, but for the, if you don't believe, he will be a stone, stone of stumbling and a rock of offense uh, to, to uh, uh, bring uh, to a stumbling, a stumbling and a rock of offense to both the house of Israel and for a gin, a trap, and a snare uh, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So you, all you had to do was, is give God credit for being God. Now, having said that, slide over if you would, please. Oh, to Philippians. Now, we sort of wandered a little bit, but I hope you got a little bit that Jeremiah is going to go and he's going to be kept. They're going to keep trying, but from the very beginning, they tried to kill him. They hated him, but it didn't make any difference. And for all of those years... During the next four kings, he isn't going to quit. Not going to quit. He just hangs in there, and they hate his guts. Wow. He just keeps going. Wow. And God keeps him. God said he would keep him. And Jeremiah fulfilled his assignment in the will of God in a most wonderful way. And no matter what, he had a wonderful, wonderful education by way of experience about a wonderful God. Wow. Who kept him? Now, so, here we are, and and not everyone has it. Uriah didn't make it. Micah did. Uh, Daniel's three friends di- did anyway. Uh, our Lord didn't, etc. And you can go up and down, and God does what he does in a most wonderful way. Revelation 13, he's going to allow pe- believers to die, lots of them. Going to let them all die. Uh, let them die. It isn't an issue. Why? Because he said it isn't an issue. Why are you making a big fuss about someone that can keep? Remember John 10? Matthew 10? What are you making a big fuss about someone who can kill the body for? That's all they can do. All they can do is cut off your head. They can't touch you. Be afraid of me, who has your soul and spirit. But God said that. So the what? So don't get, don't we, we want to get so we're free. Free for what? Philippians 1.6. Being confident in this very thing, that he which hath, what's, your, what's it say? Begun a, what kind of work? Good work. Where is the good work? Is the in you? Is that you in you? <laughs> is that a you in you? God started a good work in me. A good work. That's what he did with Jeremiah, etc. Uh, and we'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And he's going to finish his work. Now that's what you're going to get, isn't it? God, you started something and you're going to finish it. And you'll finish it on time at the right time. That's the way it is. 
But, but my, my heart, my lungs, my job, my work, my home, my everything, and you got all the different things we don't even control. The world I live in, the people around me, my politics, the powers, they're there. But, but, it isn't about that. No, it's about you being a little light in a dark world and living that light and keeping that light lit by having abiding in your wonderful relationship to God. And chapter 2, as you know, verse 13, For God, which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, and the end of verse 12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Uh Uh-huh. Fear God. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. Let Let God stimulate and motivate you. Let God stir up your heart as it's a participle. Let God be the inspirer of your awe. <laughs> Let God inspire your heart to run the race, to do the job. Boring and dull and monotonous and all the other words may come in sometime. But you just keep going. That's what you do. And... And God is working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And in doing so, chapter 3, verse 14, we press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's why we're forgetting those things which are behind, reaching for those things which are before, etc. Verse 12, 13. And verse 14, we're going to keep running. Why are we running? We're going forward, onward and upward. That's what we're doing. We're waiting for the Lord's return. And God, we aren't Jeremiah, no, but God. We got a little message in a little bit that God, even though they want to kill you, even though they don't like it, be a message, be a, be a light anyway. Be a good light in the right way and honor God, and God will honor you. And that's what you're going to do. And as you go down the corridor, God will keep you. That's all. And if you're worried about your medicines and all of that, take all your medicines and, and do all your exercises and, and uh, do everything. But then trust God. You know, remember that we shared it 100 years ago. Be careful. Be, care, care, be carefree. Be careful to be carefree about everything except your relationship to God. Be worry-free about everything except your relationship to God. Hang on to that. No? 